Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode eight. Topic tonight is the Donning Delights Lore Book Part Two. And I guess I shouldn't say it tonight because don't know when you're listening to this. Could be morning. If so, good morning. All right. I am Mrs. Hyven. I'm a little crazy tonight. Bear with us. I am Elamist. And this is Hyven. <laughs> All right, so not a ton in the way of podcast news today. Um, the usual feedback, feedback, feedback. Um, we want to make this something that you guys love just as much as we do. Uh, so our Twitter is at guardians underscore lore. Feel free to email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. Or review us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Um, all of those platforms. Feedback, people. That's what we're going for here. I'm doing a really bad job my first time, like, officially hosting this. This isn't actually your first time, but you are doing a really bad job. Anyway, continue. It's Just breathe. It's my first time this late at night. Whew. All right. <laughs> Luckily, I got an easy one. Not much that we've missed this week on Destiny. Um, this week, we had Iron Banner. This weekend, we had uh, three times the Valor all weekend long. I'm sure a lot of people use that to their advantage. Look at that. You knew something that wasn't even in the show notes. That's right. That's because I am our social media coordinator. And believe you know it or Valor not, is? not, I do. But oh, yeah. not only do I post things... I actually read the things of the people I follow because that is how I am going to become more educated on things besides lore. Um, and Valor is like your rank when you do things like Iron Banner and other uh, PvP matches. And it can go up and down depending on how well or how poorly you do. Oh, wrong. You were close. Dang it. You were I close. Thought- I thought Valor, that was accurate. You were thinking of glory. Ah, Valor okay, Valor and glory are the same thing. Maybe they should use more distinctive not. terms. It's <laughs> so like glory, the same word. Glory is for competitive. That is the only one that goes up and down. Valor always goes up. It's for quick play. It's for friendly, fun matches. It's the participation trophy. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to talk to Bungie about this because I feel like that's the same word. We're gonna I mean, they're spelled a little different. Um, and... Yeah, but you know, the meaning is very synonymous with each of the words. So it's true. I, I think know. that's kind of the feel, though, since it's right. all be related. I'm just saying, Bungie, be prepared. You also have a Twitter. I'll be reaching out. Oh my God, no, you won't. <laughs> I probably won't. Personally, so not as right now. I won't even remember this tomorrow. And let's be honest, Bungie's not reading my messages via Twitter. But it's cool. It's cool. No hard feelings. And when she tweets, Bungie, please know. Bungie employees that she does not in any way speak for (laughs) Hyven and myself in this matter. I like to point out when I when I post posts that I feel like I'm like this might just be my opinion. I try to sign those as me. Oh look at you. I appreciate it. I try to make sure that I'm speaking for me and not the entire podcast at that moment. (laughs) So yeah. All right. Well now that I've rambled us enough at the beginning let's get into our topic um as we said at the beginning today is the dawning part two 
Um, if you haven't listened to the dawning part one, they're not necessarily things you have to listen to in order, but why not? Why aren't you listening to these in order? That makes more sense. So go do that. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, if you've listened to these in order, then you know, you know what this is. It's a winter event brought to the tower by Eva Levante, who is my soul sister. We've also established that in two episodes now. So again, listen in order. Uh, <laughs> And we also discussed that there are dawning treats for majority of the vendors, except for Brother Vance, because he's just not cool anymore since D1. Pretty much. That's that's about it. And I uh, guess we should just uh, get into this. And I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to regain my composure. And uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll let Elemis take over with this first card. This first card is called A Cautionary Tale. Ava Levante! Ikora caught my wrist and leaned in to whisper, I need to speak with you about Eris Morn. Ah, I will never forget that day. Way back then, I was very busy getting the Vanguard and the other tower vendors excited about the dawning. In turn, many reached out to me about anything related to the holiday. Still, I was surprised that the Warlock Vanguard would seek me out, and to talk about Eris Morn of all people. I might have shuddered in spite of myself. I saw you chatting with her as you were getting the decorations set up. What I recalled was Eris talking at me about abysses while I was trying to hang lanterns, but I did not want to say that to Ikora. She continued, I am worried about her. She seems quite depressed. I flicked my eyes up at Ikora and then looked away. To my credit, I did not snort. She's even more morose than usual, and the technicians in the Hall of Guardians are complaining. Ava, could you talk to her? Perhaps get her to help you out? Surely you could use an extra set of hands. A terrible idea, but again... I could not say so. Instead, I suggested, perhaps she has a friend. Well, maybe not a friend, but somebody she likes to talk to. Someone who she has something in common with. I trailed off, remembering who we were speaking of. But Ikora perked up. There is someone she addresses voluntarily. A gensome scribe named Asher Murr. He's also, well, he's an excellent scholar. I'll reach out to him, unless you know him, of course. I don't, I said brightly, but I hope it goes well. I want everyone to have a happy dawning. Now, if you'll excuse me, I do have deliveries to make. I wasn't yet familiar enough with Ikora to squeeze her arm in farewell, so I nodded and made my escape. But when I crossed paths with her again that later that day, what a look she gave me. I talked to Asher, as you suggested, she muttered. Well, he grumbled at first. He seemed unaware that the dawning was taking place, in fact. But I explained, and when I told him it would be very well regarded if he wrote her a dawning greeting card or went to visit her, he said he could write a card. He also said he had a dawning gift for her. 
Oh, how kind. I'm not so sure. She sighed and produced a piece of parchment. It was folded in four to form a greeting card. Nothing on the cover, but inside was written, Eris, the Warlock Vanguard has approached me about cheering you up for a holiday that is going on. I shall seize this serendipitous opportunity to send you the research notes you demanded of me on heretical practices among the hive. However, spurious the grounds for your request. Warmest wishes to you this dawning. Asher Murr. Did you dictate that last part to him, Ikora? She paused for a moment. Yes. I laughed. Well, you had better take it to her. I wouldn't call Hive Research a traditional dawning present, but she did request it. Ikora shook her head wearily, and we parted ways. Later that same day, as I was about to head out on my last round of deliveries, Ikora approached me yet again. She told me, I went to see Eris. I don't know if she's any more cheerful, although she did say, Ah, yes, I had been expecting these notes for some time now. Good. She even wrote a dawning message back to Asher. Ikora handed me back the same piece of parchment that her scribe colleague had used, but it had been refolded. I read, Asher, take heed not to come to the whispers, as fools do. Warmest wishes to you this dawning, Eris Morn. I shrugged. The warlock cleared her throat. Eris also had a dawning gift for me to pass on to Asher. At least she's making an effort. Well, Ikora hauled me aside and took out a small lumpy packet wrapped in cloth. She peeled back the layers of tissue with care, and there it was. The dawning gift glowed with a sickly green luminescence. I can't give this to him, Ikora hissed. I can just... She looked around for eavesdroppers. Get rid of it, right? This is beyond a question of dawning etiquette, I whispered back. She nodded, her face set. Let us never speak of this again. And that was obtained by giving Asher radiolarian pudding. This is an interesting one, just because I like that it's got Asher and Eris, some fun characters all by themselves. And ironically, I don't know, probably the closest friends they have to each other. I don't know if I'd call them best friends, but yeah. If you didn't know that, Eris and Asher are good friends, actually. When Asher lost his arm, Eris was there in the hospital waiting for him. I think that's actually the last time we saw her, and then she disappeared. Yep. Yep. So they actually know each other, and this card helps us to see how awkward their relationship is. Uh, <laughs> but it's very professional, and I'm thinking that she gave him a little piece of her rock. It just points out how awkward the two of them are separately, uh, and then how awkward yeah. it is together. I like a lot of this card. Like, oh, oh yeah. But not necessarily just for the humorous parts of the card, but I'm sorry, Hyven. This is this is you. You were like, Why? somebody told me this was the social norm, so I did this. Here you yeah. go. A little bit. Not quite as bad as Asher, but... <laughs> you're a little bit better. I'll give you that. But there are some times when you're like, why do we need that? And I'm like, because that's, that's what people do. And you're like, but why? Like, it's just the norm. You're like, well, it shouldn't be. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. Well, maybe like, when he so. wrote in the note, like, somebody told me... Where does, where does, what does he say? It was hysterical. 
Was, the warlock vanguard has approached me about cheering you yeah. up for this holiday that is going on. Like, yeah. That well, that's why it's so ironic, though, because Eris is moody and depressing all of the time. So the fact that she seems more depressed is just ironic. Yeah, that was hysterical to me. I, I had to mute myself. I just kept giggling. And see, I don't think it's that she was more depressed. I think it's more of like her depressed level and, and demeanor was like the same. Just more but, noticeable. But it's more noticeable because everybody's trying to have a happy dawning. I guess. And that's she's probably just true. bringing everybody down. You know, well, this would have happened. Not... Oh, you go ahead, babe. I was just going to say, I'm trying to think of when this actually would have happened. This would have been, I guess, I'm saying it probably just would have been a really early dawning. Um, before Oryx came? I was going to say maybe. I'm trying to figure out why. I think she was, yeah, she. I think she would have just been her normal depressed self. You know, because after Oryx showed up, she was even more freaked out for a little while there. But, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just her negative attitude was just taking everyone down. Well, and, and honestly, this might be during the first dawning that we experienced. That's what I was thinking. And, yeah. I mean, that was after Oryx showed up, but before the SIVA crisis. I don't know. Good old Eris. She is an interesting character. I look forward to seeing her again. Maybe Destiny 3. Yep, and as this card is technically, I guess, mainly for Asher, Asher Mirror. You did a very good job reading Asher Mirror. <laughs> I appreciate it. I was channeling my inner Asher. Very nice. You did a <laughs> fine job. That was good right there, too. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I will go ahead and move on to our next card, then. It is Say It with a Dawning Gift. It's not my only customers who keep me running about people are always coming to me for advice sometimes it's this shader or that and does this mark look okay on me sometimes it's should i hold a dawning party or why should i go to their dawning party but sometimes the questions are even more complicated i was stealing a moment of quiet one afternoon to organize all the jumbled rolls of wrapping paper when i heard the resonant voice calling to me oh how i jumped it was a certain well-known titan, not Zavala, but I will not tell you who. Eva Levante does not tattle about sensitive matters. He was carrying a formidable piece of weaponry, a complicated curve of many metal parts with a thick string connecting the ends. It's a compound bow, he explained, following my stare. You're shooting arrows. I raised my eyebrows in puzzlement. On that weapon... He had placed a large poof of red velvet ribbon, a bow on a bow. I could tell from the tilt of his helmet and his taut grip on the weapon that something was amiss. I sighed. I saw this a few times every dawning. I suspected he was smitten, and this would not be a short conversation. Warmest dawning greetings to you, Torito. That is not his actual name, naturally. It is a made-up name. Evil Levante. They say you should give a dawning gift when you have a special friend, he boomed, trying to whisper. Who is they? I laughed. He ignored me. I bought my friend this bow. Is it a good gift? It all depends on your friend. What do they like? What are they like? Can you describe them? She likes to fight. She is regal. She is very... The titan paused. Is a recurve bow more romantic than a compound bow? He managed to whisper this time. Ah, 
I nodded knowingly. I wouldn't know the difference between those weapons, but I understood the, his problem. But maybe a book would be better? He asked. Again, it depends which book you choose. I have read Ikora's On Circles revised edition, and it was very good. That is a terrible dawning gift. Might I suggest literature? Torito tapped the horn of his helmet to reflect. I did destroy a book of hers once. Should I replace it? Maybe you should not remind her of a bad thing happening. He didn't reply to this, so I went on. Perhaps this bow is already the right gift, dawning gift for your friend. Do you think she would use it? Definitely. Well then, I smiled. You have your answer. Happy dawning to you and your friend both. And to you, Eva. I hope your dawning is one to remember. Then the Titan thanked me, hefted the bow, and strode off. And we get this card from Crafting Vanilla Blades. This is hysterical. First of all, I'm dumb. Because as we went through our poof drama, um, when it said a bow on a bow, I thought it was implying that a poof was a word for a very large bow. It wasn't until I realized, <laughs> as we continued reading the card... Like packaging bow. Like, we were discussing a a weapon and, and a bow. Like, a bow the weapon and That's a bow the velvet like the rib. ribbon. Yeah, yeah. The velvet ribbon. <clears throat> yeah. I thought we were just describing a very large, like, bow. Like, I understood that he was carrying a bow and arrow bow. And I understood that there was also a ribbon bow involved. But I did not get the pun of a bow on a bow until it said that he was going to give her the bow. And I was like, just just ribbon? And then I was like, oh, no, wait, I'm dumb. So, <laughs> oh my there's that. You just thought maybe he was carrying a bow and arrow just as like, yeah, like it, his, his own thing. Like he, had just, he had just gotten done target practice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Then no, oh man, I like, like your I like your view of this card, not knowing really anything that's happening. Continue. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, somebody out of the two of you, I'm sure, have speculation on exactly who this is and who the she is. But no, me coming know. into this is we me. Know. That's I don't. why this makes sense to us. But this is funny to hear it from your. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would. I guess I can see why you thinking just a bow being carried around is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, just, it's his weapon. Okay, just like so, how your secondary weapon goes into its holster. And, you, you know, when you just made yours bright pink the other day, I could see you rocking around with it in the tower. <laughs> this Titan doesn't use bows very often, but his okay. lady is known for bows. So so now my question is, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Hyven, since Hyven and I both know who it is, who do you suspect it is? Oh, you don't even want me to try and guess? Because I don't It's a Titan. think I would even name a Titan. All right, let me hear your best guess. This is definitely staying in. <laughs> is it like a vanguard? Like somebody you go to in the tower? Can I at least have that kind of hint? Yes. I, it is somebody I, I in the tower. I don't know. The way they're talking, I feel like what it's like hear? Lord Shacks. Right on the nose. Very nice. Yes, because he seems like the kind of guy who would be like, should I get her this book? Should I get her this one that's about this? And the, Oh, no, no. Well, I did destroy a book. Should I? Should I get that? No? Oh, um, no. okay. Like, well, I, like, his first he strikes reaction. me as that. Like, he wants love, 
but he's that like football player that just doesn't doesn't have it all like he can he can go through and and barrel down in in some iron banner like he can kick some butt but when it comes to love it's just like yeah no thanks I don't I don't know what to do here but then he falls in love and he wants to do it but it doesn't make it any easier for him he still sucks at it well the arena of the crucible his kd is like 30.0 in the arena of love he's like a point two (laughs) (laughs) well the next Uh, question do you know you have any idea who he would be giving this gift to the only person I can personally think of that I think a bow would suit out of the people I know from the tower, I would say Hawthorne. Oh, that is a good thought, but it's actually not someone in the tower. Right. Oh, you know who bows are linked to? No. There's a group of people. No. Okay, so bows are They're used. Blue people. By, yeah. No. By a woman. Space. Oh, okay. And, I was about to and say we're, we're not talking about Avatar. <laughs> Okay, no. Um, I might recognize the name if you give it to me. Oh, you'll recognize the name. <laughs> we kind of know who he's got a thing with based on a oh, pass isn't card. Oh, he like on, doing it with Marzov? Yeah. On the right. Nose again. Oh, him right. and Mara have had a fling, um, and he is trying to give her. So. <laughs> I don't know. See, I like Lord Shax, and everything I've heard about Mara, I'm not a huge fan. Oh, right. So I think he can do better. Well, the thing is, he's going to have a hard time. From what you know about Mara, does she seem like a gift-accepting kind of person? No. She seems like a casual fling kind of person. Exactly. She doesn't want this to be serious. This is just like when I booty call you. We are not exchanging gifts at the dawning. Yeah, this is... This is... (laughs) Poor poor Shax. He's trying so hard. He could do better. He deserves somebody who wants him all day, every day, and not just when he's summoned. In Mara's defense, she is not maybe as bad as you might think. I kind of feel that, like, like you guys said, Mara is that that casual fling kind of person. But Shax is that kind of guy who, like, can't separate a fling from his emotions. He is all in. Like he's because he doesn't understand relationships. He doesn't know how to do them. He wasn't the fling kind of person. He loves hard and deep because that is Shaxx. And you know what? No, he should be with Hawthorne. Now that I've said it, I like it. I'm shipping it. It's happening. Well, hey, and other random points. <laughs> I just love that before you knew anything about Destiny, you thought his name was Lord Shrek. Um, I still him- like to call him Lord Shrek, in fact. <laughs> It's She's still calling him Mr. Shrek or Lord Shrek. I was my like, crucible. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Who's that Shrek guy that keeps yelling? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I still like have to remind myself to say Shrek. Uh, and I just love sweet Eva here. She's just like oh, trying Shrek. so hard. Poor She's baby. Like, so completely lost on the specifics, but she's looking at the grander picture, going, "Oh, oh, honey." Yeah. This oh, is like my... when that southern lady is like, mm, bless your heart. That's my, that my favorite thing is when he asks, is a recurve or a compound bow more romantic? Yes, yes. And I but like that how she was thing. like, I don't know the difference between the two, but I understand what you're going through. Even, so even if you knew the difference, I don't know if I'd think of uh, the type of bow, even a romantic difference. My question, though, is... Recurve is the style. Compound would be the weight, right? 
No, they're both styles. No? Oh, okay. I thought compound might be the material. Well, in that case, just based off of what I would understand of a recurve, I would think that's more romantic because it's probably going to look more like Cupid's bow. It's true. Compound bow is much more uh, I think we've stayed on this card <laughs> for so long due to comical reasonings. We're literally trying to figure out what is the more romantic bow right now. Um, it was a question in the card, and we are here to answer things. My like answer that. is, yeah, and, I'm and going I'm, to and I'm sticking with the fact that he should just have taken that red velvet ribbon and tied it on himself. Oh. Mm. That's one way. And He's then maybe, tied it on his, you know, maybe nothing but a helmet and a ribbon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let him unwrap her. <laughs> let her unwrap him. So then. Honestly, though, I think that would fit better with their relationship. You know, we've actually come full circle. Because that's all she wants from him. Because you thought his gift was just a giant bow, and now we have decided that that's what his gift should have been. Should be. Giant red bow. (laughs) A poof on top of a poof. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're going to need to move on now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is it my turn to read? I think it is. Yes, it is. It is. So lovely. All right. We're going to be moving into card number three which is titled, No Such Thing as a Coincidence. I always seem to get a customer with many questions right as things get busiest in the late afternoon. Today it was a woman, a beautiful, sturdy guardian with dark cropped hair and a diagonal stripe of white across each eye. Very striking. She had a satchel slung over her one shoulder and a stack of books and packages cradled in one arm. By this, I guess she was a paying customer. She also had a cheeky curl to her lip and a hand on her hip, and she tap, tap, tapped her fingers as she waited. By this, I guessed, she was a hunter. Happy dawning, miss, I greeted her. She launched right on. Can you help me put together a really small, intimate dawning celebration? Do you have, like, a kit or something? She asked, peering back over her shoulder with impatience. It's a surprise for somebody who's um, used to the dawning in the city. Only now we're all the way over on Mars. So, ah, well, the dawning basics are decorations, shared food, and gifts. First, you have a choice of lanterns. I pointed to the colorful spheres lining the shop and candles. I produced a box of tea candles from under the counter and thumped it down in front of her and streamers. Candles and streamers are a fire hazard. I'll take the candles and lanterns. Silver and yellow lanterns go well together. She squinted at my display. Purple? I'll give you purple, green, and silver. That's a pretty combination. The dawning is about wonder and beauty, so you don't want to buy just one lantern. I stacked the accordion lanterns on top of the candles. She opened her mouth and then shut it again. I pulled out my biggest assortment of donning treats and placed it on the counter. Sharing and generosity are the heart of the donning. This collection is the one you want. Here I paused. If you want to impress someone you love. She pursed her lips and pushed the bare-bone package of sweets next to the candles and lanterns. Smiling, I pulled over a rack of my finer garments. Finally, the donning gift, the most important Oh, I've already got a good donning gift. She put her belongings on the counter to point out the necklace box on top. I also happened to scan the spines of the thick books, 
some with very long titles and labeled Fu on Library. Reference, do not remove. The hunter noticed my frown and shoved the books into her satchel. Here's what I picked. Think she'll like it? I didn't know who she was, but I admired the necklace she was showing off. An elongated pendant with an emblem of a little bird of exquisite workmanship. She grinned. That design is golden age, but the pendant also holds 35 petabytes of data. I returned her smile. I also convinced her to buy a sturdy book bag and purple wrapping paper. There, your own personal donning in a bag. I said, tucking away her glimmer and handing over her purchases. I hope your companion enjoys the surprise. The hunter bobbed her head in thanks and turned to go. Anastasia! Who did I see then but Commander Zavala, standing arms akimbo in the corridor, and as the press of the afternoon shopping crowd flooded around him. Zavala, muttered the hunter. She pushed her shoulders back and thrust out her chin. She looked fierce as a falcon. Happy dawning, Anna. I'm surprised to see you in the tower. Yeah, well, I had errands. But I missed what else they said because someone ran up with a package asking, Hey, did I hear that woman was headed back to Mars? This one's going there too. I ran my eyes down the packing list. Candles, lantern, candy assortment, wrapping paper, cloak. Ordered by a Cameron Dumuzi. I got a funny feeling. It was such a coincidence. I think this is meant to be a surprise. The package can wait for tomorrow's deliveries, I replied. When I looked back, Zavala and the hunter were deep in conversation, the Titan vanguard wearing a half-smile and the woman smirking. By this, I guessed that the donning spirit was uniting old friends. And with that, I turned to my next customer. We received that with Javelin Mooncake. There's two things I want to point out about this card. The first one being that if you've actually read the Warmind comics, you'll know that Anna is in a relationship with somebody named Cameron. So it totally was not a coincidence. Well, duh. That's what the card's titled. And no such thing as a coincidence. Well, yeah. <laughs> but thank you for bringing that full circle because I didn't know how that applied. <laughs> <laughs> did you just point out the obvious and then say thanks because i didn't know that <laughs> yep <laughs> but if we expected anything less i mean come on um but then the other thing i wanted to cover was the fact that all these guardians like you hand them a weapon and they're totally understanding you know what to do with it <clears throat> and then you tell them hey here's a holiday where you celebrate people <laughs> You know, you give them gifts, you celebrate just being with them, and they're like, what do we do? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a, yeah, that's actually a really good observation. Like, none of them understand how to function with this. Relationships are so much more work than just straight fighting the hive, you know? I just want to shoot a thrall skull. I don't want to give a gift. I mean, come on. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm married to one of those comments. Hey, <laughs> <sighs> yeah no i i i enjoyed this book i enjoyed that she was just like just just give me the purple one and eva was like no 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 no. like look i understand you're in a rush but like can we please do this this right like just 
I need you to breathe for two seconds so I can really help you. You know, we can do it quickly, but do it right. Come on. Right. Come on. Have we you ever had like a decoration where someone just gets like one flower and just like sticks it there and they're like, maybe maybe you should get like a, an assortment, maybe like a bouquet or something. Right. <laughs> or it's like you send them Hold off up. to the store for something and they come back with like one thing of streamers and you're like, you could have gotten like two separate colors, multiple kinds. We could have done it from different sides of the room and, you know, done them over each other to really... But okay, yeah, I'll I'll make one work. That's cool. <laughs> I'm laughing because that would totally be me. That would also yeah. be uh, that would also be Hyven. Not I'd necessarily. Make... I can decorate. Just don't it's not see that the you need. can't. It's, yeah, that there it is. You don't see the need. But I will say you would have enough foresight to look at me and go, hold on. Exactly what colors do you want and how many do you want? Or you'd at least get to the store and then call me and ask me that. Yes. I will I give you that. I have an artistic side. Credit. It's just I'm not me. If, so if, if I, you give me a, like assignment, I can do it, but I'm not really. <laughs> and I will you say you'll do it, like if I ask you to hang them, you'll do it very well. I do everything to fine quality. You do. You I'm do. Out of perfection. You're super duper. Yes. <laughs> All of this is like way above my head. <laughs> the, the decorations that my roommate and I put up for, you know, the holiday was literally I ordered a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> nice. And that was it. We had a Charlie Brown Christmas tree growing up. We put it up every year until one year it just got so bogged down from ornaments that while like my mom made us stand in front of the tree every year and take pictures. And uh, one year mid picture, it starts falling on my sister <laughs> that was the year my parents decided we needed a new tree oh that is great yeah it was really pitiful it was really pitiful and like because it happened mid pictures we have those pictures that's the best part can we also talk about the fact that she stole library books like are we just gonna gloss over <laughs> that <laughs> well it's anna i mean she's a rule breaker she is Jeez, we we talked we talked about that a little bit earlier just and even though yeah. she's talking about that next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though she's all young and pretty, she's actually really freaking old. So she could be older than those books, man. She's got wisdom and she's She said, I above. wrote these books. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe, who knows, man? Her oh. father just kind of owned everything. So Yeah. Right. About that next week. Don't want to get too into that right now. Well, we're not really gonna talk about her family necessarily, but a little bit about her. I'm gonna touch on it, okay? All right, then why don't we move on to our next card? <laughs> For those listening, we're still hashing it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm handling the next card, and it's titled, A Friendly Face. Have you ever met someone who immediately rubbed you the wrong way? They can appear very friendly, but it's always a particular type of friendly. The different varieties can be hard to recognize when you're young. But with time, you'll see them all. The rarest form is genuine kindness. Though there is also fair weather friendly, I want something friendly, and look how friendly I am friendly. That last one is always hiding something, and they hope their performance covers it up. This last group is also where we find that man who calls himself the drifter. I do not like to speak ill of others, but him, him I do not trust. I don't really know what he does out beyond that gate, and I'm not sure I want to know. I've spoken to him only a couple of times. He always seems like he's in a rush, 
The one conversation we've had beyond our introduction was very short, and he slinked away before I could get any answers. It was right before the start of the Dawning Festival. I was getting my decorations set up as he walked up to my booth and asked, Well, what's all this? Surely you know of the Dawning, I said, not in a rude way, but in a friendly way. I know you're a snake friendly. Oh, of course, he said. I guess I'd forgotten it was getting to be that season. Time just goes right on by, don't it, sister? Right on by. He looked up at the decorations for a long time, hands on his hips and nodding approvingly. It certainly can, I said. Actually, I wanted to ask. You know, he said, I don't know that I've been anywhere that actually celebrated the dawning. Why don't you tell me a thing or two? I may not be centuries old, my friend, but I am no naive child either. Old Ava knows a lie when she hears it. I spent a bit of time telling him about our festival anyway, explaining our traditions and the meanings behind them. He nodded along, seemingly very attentive. I tried to bring the conversation back to him. So, Drifter, where are you? Well, best be on my way, he said, pretending not to hear me as he backed up. I've taken up enough of your time. Who knows how much any of us has left? As he walked off, he tossed back, like the decor, good colors, then disappeared around the corner. I've heard other people talk about this strange man. They mostly say the same things. Very friendly, if a little mysterious. On the other hand, I've also heard some things I won't repeat. They're far too gruesome to be true, and I won't facilitate spreading false rumors. I'm sure his eating habits are no different from yours or mine. Suffice to say, something is off about him. I'd recommend keeping an eye on him. And that is obtained from the dark chocolate moats. Oh, that's a fitting recipe for the drifter. Dark I, chocolate moats. I could go for some dark chocolate right now. <laughs> What's more, the fact that it's dark moats, moats of darkness. Yeah, so the drifter is an interesting character, as we've talked about before. The more information we get about him, the shadier he's gonna he, he seems <laughs> to be, man. Um, you know, once Are we, we got Mel more soon. We will. Yeah, yeah. he's involved in. Um, last work. What it sounds like he's going to help us because he thinks that we're crafting Thorn. We end up with last word. Sounds like there's a little bit of double crossing from Shin, maybe. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's on the 29th. We're almost there of January. But yeah, as far as this card concerned, there's one thing I was thinking is I had actually remembered thinking back to last week. I hadn't noticed at first, but Ikora, when Ikora was talking to you know, Ava, <clears throat> It mentioned that she kind of looked across the way at a gate that was partially open, and that's actually where the drifter is. So even when they were thinking about the dawning last week, Ikora has been like watching the drifter. So the drifter is located across the way from Ikora. Ikora is watching her very close, watching him very closely, and I just noticed that um, uh, Eva Levante is actually right next to Ikora. So she's in that same area with the drifter right across the way. So I'm sure she's got a real uneasy feeling like this weird guy just asking a lot of questions and then kind of just like slowly backing away into his like corner just really closely still completely and even she of all people this like cheerful kind of like trusting woman is like i think we should keep an eye on him 
Right? Like, that's the thing. I mean, Ava, she's quick to trust people. Looks for the good you know, and all. Trust in good people. And even yeah. she's like, no, no, no. We need to keep an eye on him. That tells you something, man. It's going to be interesting to see how his character develops, because that is what our next DLC is going to be involved yeah. with also. I'm looking forward to more information on him. Me too. I have a bit of a side note. I apologize. I'm actually going back up two cards real quick. I apologize once again. Yelling about people doing things in order. And now here I'm not. Lord Shax. She calls him Torito in the card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I looked up that meaning. It means a young bull. Doesn't he have a bullhorn on his helmet? <laughs> yeah. He has one horn, one horn and one broken off horn. Oh, that's perfect. I actually didn't know that. I had looked up the meaning when we were reading it. And I just went to go open my Google browser again and saw that I forgot to say something. And I just felt like that was an Easter egg we needed to, like, mention. That is perfect. So yeah, I didn't actually so. know that. That is a great yeah. little snippet. There we go. So we can, we can come back on down. So but Yeah, like, no, I'm very excited to get more yeah. information on the Drifter. <clears throat> Especially after all of y'all's, like, spin foil in that first uh, episode. It definitely piqued my oh, interest yeah. in getting um, more in- info. And, um, yeah, I've been, like, looking forward to the DLC just to get the new lore. Me too. I'm not like, I'm right. going to play. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a, info. I'm not really the biggest Gambit player, but I'm really looking forward to what in the world they do with his character. But, yeah, you're right. I do find it very interesting that even Evil Monte is like, um, I don't know. I'm going to call Bull here. <laughs> The one thing I want to point out, on the other hand, I've also heard some things I won't repeat. They're far Mm -hmm. too gruesome to be true, and I won't facilitate spreading false rumors. I'm sure his eating habits are no different from yours or mine. (laughs) Oh, weird. I was like, what? Directly talking about some of his quotes in game. Hive have a nice crunch to them. Oh, you're right. He does talk about the weird flavors of some of the enemies. He is really (laughs) creepy. God, he has the weirdest sayings. Also, side note, somebody asked me at a party the other day, why does he say to bring a a sword to the hive? And I was like, oh my God, the sword logic. And then I, but I stopped myself. I just said, because I've used swords. So you should be proud of me. I didn't (laughs) go full on tangent, like hardcore (laughs) on this guy. I was very proud of myself. I refrained. Yeah. Drifter says some weird things. Now that you mention it, I didn't even think about that. You could have just left that conversation off as, you know, well, they they practice a religion that, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Way of life. Take them into a separate party and give them a lesson. Right. <laughs> um, moving on. Our next card is a tale twice told. What I have loved most since coming back to the tower is reconnecting with everyone. I missed my friends while I was away, and I thought about them every day. Even when you're doing what you know is right, it can be hard not to wish for times past. I've wanted so much to catch up on everything I missed, but these guardians are so busy, always flitting in and out. You can barely get a word out of them most of the time. I feel like so much has happened, but I get only drips of information. Spider is a name I hear over and over. But who is he? A common criminal? A deity? A friend? 
Some accounts paint him as all three. What is it about this spider fellow that compels these guardians so? And do I have it right that he feeds on ghosts? Ghosts? What an utterly despicable practice. Even the most detestable ghost doesn't deserve the kind, that kind of treatment. Yes, I am thinking of one in particular. But I'm afraid old Eva will keep that secret to herself. From what I can put together, this spider fellow had a group of barons, I think. If that's correct, his relationship with them seemed tenuous. I don't know what one gets up to on this tangled shore, but I think he had them all killed. Before that, though, Spider's Barons broke into some kind of high-security prison out in space. They were looking for something belonging to Spider. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was ghosts, or maybe it was weapons. Although, why he'd have something look, someone look for those things in a prison, I don't know. While his Barons were in there, the prisoners started to fight them. That rascal Cade Six was also in the prison, on a mission that I don't think was related to Spider's mission. They ended up in the same fight, though, from what it sounds like. Then, while everyone was fighting, the Reef Queen's brother arrived. When I first heard this story, at this point, I thought to myself, Oh, good. Finally, someone on our side. The Awoken Prince will help get things in order. Now, keep in mind that I had always heard he was a bit stiff, but also that he was willing to help when it came down to it. That was before his sister, though. Loss can do terrible, ugly things to us. This leads me to the only detail I know about absolute certainty. Aldrin Solv killed Cade Six. I don't know why, but I suspect it was in part because the prince succumbed to the pain in his heart and lost the ability to see things as they are. Anyway, once Spider's Barons left the prison, they ran all over the reef. I guess they had found what Spider was looking for, but decided to keep those things for themselves. This Spider sent people after the Barons, and I don't think any of the Barons survived. While this was going on, someone killed Aldrin. I assume it was revenge for Cade, but I can't get anyone to tell me with certainty who did it. Based on everything else I hear about this Spider, I wonder if Aldrin wasn't also his work. Many of my guardian friends are still doing favors for this creature who, at best, betrays his own people. I am not sure that road leads anywhere good, though perhaps I don't have the whole truth. This is no history lesson. Take it however you will. Some people just don't have time to talk to old Eva, it seems. Receive this through candy dead ghosts given to the spider. Well, it seems appropriate. Right? <laughs> now when she's talking about the fact that he feeds on ghosts, all you can think about is that like scene where you go into his little lair, or whatever you want to call it, and he's like flipping a ghost around like it's a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't eat them, he just uses them as Rubik's Cubes. Right. Like, he's actually just fascinated you... with ghosts, not actually eats them. But you know what's crazy, though? Like, he's not so we've learned that the ghost is what's inside the outer shell 
And mm-hmm. so by having this outer shell, he doesn't have anything ghost related. He has like their shirt, basically. Yeah. Like that's like being like, I don't yeah. know, I love so and so celebrity, you know, I'm gonna kidnap them and then take their shirt and it's say actually, you kidnapped them. I would say it's almost a little darker than that. It's almost like their body. I guess. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But still. Yeah. Either way. Like, has... You could learn more about them if you, like, I don't know how to live ghost. Put it in a birdcage or something. Oh, for sure. He would love a live ghost, but nobody's giving him their ghost. Yeah. Well, maybe we... he should get off his lazy butt and do something for himself. And we know that the Elixni have a fascination with ghosts. Um, Varix, at one point, asks about seeing our ghost and stuff many times when we talk to him. Which is like really creepy because he just insinuates that he kind of would love to take a look at her ghost. And yeah, they just miss the strength of the traveler. That's they a pretty best bit. Ghosts. <sighs> but yeah. yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But back to the card. I love how Ava only has like half the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because this is like the most recent thing that's gone down since she came back. Yeah. And she's got a fairly good gist of it, but yeah. It's the finer details that are kind of jumbled up because Guardians aren't really telling her the whole story. <laughs> yeah, like you said, this was this is fairly fresh. So, you know, this is something that people aren't always talking about as much. I mean, it is, it's over now. But at the time, you know, of the dawning, people are probably still, like, thinking of Cade. They're probably not going to be talking about his death a ton. Yeah, which is kind of what she got some of her information about Spider dealing with, you know, being, you know, in there. And she's only got like a little bit of information about the Barons. She doesn't quite know that the Scorn were actually involved, you know, that the Barons were not just normal Elixir or Fallen anymore. So, yeah, she's only running with half information. But I mean, she even says that, too, though. You know, this isn't a history lesson. Take it how you will. But, you know, she still decided to prepare a gift for him, which is I find interesting. Right? He gets a gift, but but Vance doesn't. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good point. She's giving gifts to, like, the like, drifter. Yeah, to the drifter. He doesn't like Spider. He doesn't like Vance. Just, nope, sorry, bud. Honestly, I don't even know if she knows that Vance exists. Who knows, man? Mm-hmm. She may have never actually met Vance. Vance was never actually in the tower. He was in the reef. It's just um, a very oh. none for Gretchen Wieners kind of situation. Okay. And yeah, that's another Mean Girls quote. But, but see, by that, like going off of the the argument that you just made, Hyven, Spider's never been at the tower either. Ah, uh, true. True. But and Guardians have dealt with both Spider and Vance. But yeah, I mean that is true. But you know, when everyone was doing the Curse of Osiris, I mean the Curse of Osiris, Trials of Osiris, people talked about Trials of Osiris. Nobody's really talking about where they picked up the boons from from Brother Vance. So I don't know. That was my that can be my only thinking. He's kind of like secluded and like the spiders kind of were dealing very actively with him, so she's getting little whispers. I don't Fair know. Point. She probably has just forgotten about poor Vance if she has met him before. I that and I mean Vance. Vance is leader of a cult, so I mean yeah. <laughs> Spider's not exactly like the leader of a peace organization. He's working with us though. We have like goals at the moment. <laughs> He's an entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> he a love seems like one art. of those like sleazy ones, though. Like, just loves art, okay? 
<laughs> yeah, he's got the Mona Lisa in his basement. Oh, we yeah. talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> Episode two, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spider. Listen to him in order, dang it. At this point, we've we've touched on other aspects of other episodes. We have, yeah. That is true. That's something we haven't really done before. It's kind of weird. We're getting a, a slight bit of a library now we can talk about. Reference. Yeah. OMG, we're at eight. We're just like, such a big deal. <laughs> well, Imagine why don't when you we do actually have enough that we target. can't even remember each of our episodes. Nonsense. Yeah, probably not. I don't remember the numbers. Not that remembering. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Uh, this one is titled, What Makes Us One? What are the Awoken? Not in the sense of how did they come to be. I don't care any more about that than about how the Cabal or the Fallen came to be. As far as I'm concerned, the universe decided it wanted them, and so it made them. Who am I to question the universe? I've heard people talk about Petra Venge and the Tangled Shore lately. It's very confusing. Rope together rocks and you just jump between them. It's no wonder that reef-born awoken are so often suspicious of others if they grew up unable to even trust the ground. But the awoken as a whole, I feel like in my grasp of them have certainly grown. But there are things I still don't understand. They are certainly part of what we consider humanity, just as much as humans or exos. I know this and believe it, but what makes it so? Is it because they are made like we are? The Cabal are built roughly as we are, but we do not consider them part of humanity. Is it our shared relationship with the Traveler? As hard as it is to believe, I have heard the Fallen had a relationship with the Traveler, but they are not part of humanity. Does humanity consider only those who choose to walk among humans? But by that logic, reef-born awoken who remain in the reef are not a part of humanity. I don't believe that's true, and yet... Petra has spent most of her life in the reef, hasn't she? I know she was here playing emissary for a while, but she's always considered the reef her true home. Would she describe herself as part of humanity? I think if you walked up to Petra and asked, are you a member of humanity? She would respond, I'm an awoken of the reef. If you pressed her further and asked, yes, but which side are you on? I believe she would say the side of Queen Marasov. So then is humanity something we choose? Or is it ascribed to you? Is it a title to be earned or a birthright, a heritage? Are the awoken part of humanity due to one of these stipulations? Or could it be that the awoken are part of humanity because of all of these stipulations? Individually, these ideas don't define humanity any more than a cloak defines a hunter, but collectively, that they are built as we are, that they share a relationship with the traveler, 
and that many of them gladly walk among us here on earth, maybe that is what makes them part of humanity. Everything bound together, just as we are bound together. That togetherness is what helped us win the Red War. And I truly believe it will help us push back the darkness for good. Never forget that our unity is what makes us strong and the Awoken will always be part of that. We get that from Ill Fortune Cookies. Like, we started the episode off really funny and it's gotten really serious quickly. Right? She went deep. Yeah. Like, that was existential. Oh, for real? I was, like, having my mind blown, like, as I was reading it. That's why I kept messing up. I'm sitting here going, yeah, what what does constitute humanity? I mean, what? What? Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I think I came to this conclusion partially through, that if you want to talk in a literal sense, the, you know, actual description of what humanity means, I would consider, yes, the Awoken are part of humanity because their origin is of human, just as if exos are human. However, exos and humans are very different, same way that Awoken and humans are very different. Uh, if you ask an Awoken, are they human? They would tell you no. Um, I, so I would think maybe they would not consider, consider themselves as humanity, but more of a... They might be part of this collective. Yeah. Um, you know, at like one it point... It needs a different word. Yeah, at one point, the Awoken, I would say, did consider themselves part of humanity. Um, when We'll talk about this in the future, but um, we have some of the, uh, the lore books about the Awoken. Early on when they were formed, they wanted to go back and help people of Earth um, because they understood that that's where they came from. So they traced their roots back to that location. But you know, now it seems that we do kind of have a, a schism of sorts. The Reefborn Awoken are almost their own people, but I would I would say that like Zavala, for example, would consider himself part of humanity. You know, all of the Awoken on Earth fight for the Exos, the humans all around them. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe in a literal sense, the fact that we all are from the same origin, we are all from this same local galaxy you could go into uh whereas you know thing like the hive the cabal you know they might have similar two feet two legs they're they're not it's not the same you know literal sense but that was kind of what i got it's almost like there's two different views of humanity here a literal sense but then like the i don't know the deeper meaning yeah like you're going off of you know a biological standpoint you know an evolutionary yeah. standpoint yeah you know the the awoken and the exos were human at some point okay. um and i mean it, we could view it that way but i think it's more of like the ideology yeah you know it, they're fighting to protect whereas everybody else isn't yeah because like if if the cabal like in the next dlc like, if they started fighting alongside humans, we would consider them an ally, just like we do the Awoken of the Reef, and we would consider them fighting for humanity. I do agree, but would we consider them humanity? Because you hear that they'd be fighting alongside Earth for humanity. Um, but that would almost be as if they were fighting as assistance 
or humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like you could yeah. even twist that. So that's why I like that this is like a deeper conversation because I do agree with you. Like ideologically, like what you consider humanity could really just be who you consider like your family, your you know your close. You said the people you're protecting. So I think it's really just something that would be different depending on who you ask. You know, like you said, a random cabal yeah. might consider himself part of humanity if he had been trying to save people. You know, Varix, for example, he fights alongside the Awoken. And, you know, we learn um, some of the newer information about him that he feels he owes a lot to the Awoken. But at a certain point, he picks, um, you know, his original people over uh, the good of them. You know, and he, he, he sees that there has to be a split between these two. So... I think that that can be the same. You can be part of a group, but then also not be part of a group at the same time. Like, you know, you, there could be there could be times where you consider yourself part of humanity and sometime when you're not. Fair point. Yeah, so that's kind of my take on it. I really like this card, though. Like you said, it, went, it got really deep all of a sudden. Just as she said, depending on who you ask, you're going to get a different response. I think that's definitely the best way to put it. Yeah, and, and the definition's going to be different to everybody. So, yeah. For sure. And that's the topic we don't really have to think about as much because we are all humans in real but it, in our but, you life. Know, so. I think it's a good topic as we were going through it. Yeah, we're all humans, but, you know, we'd all come from different cultural backgrounds and stuff like that. And even within, you know, mm-hmm. the various breakup of, okay, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, even within those, you know, then you've also got your diversity to break down even further, you know, and I think it's still a good conversation um, that I think always needs to be had within our entire world today. Just as a reminder that, you know, like you said, we're all kind of one, a part of one collective despite yeah. the different breakdowns. And I think, you know, I don't know the reason this card I think got so deep for me was because it made me really think about how, how, we too have just become, we've gotten so far away from looking at each other as just being one part of one collective. And, you know, like that's how we really should look at one another, not by different labels and of, of culture, but by, by being, you know, just one group of just people who are on the earth. I would say that's a, that's definitely a fair point. You know, um, that's a common like trope in science fiction movies is uh, it's always that the earth has gotten peace and now we are like joined together to fight like the other aliens or things like that. It's always like in the future, earth has been finished its world wars and all this stuff and we're finally like united. So it's always a topic that like is something that you know humans today, humanity today does want, you know. So I, I definitely think that that is kind of like what the feeling is, like you said, trying to remind us what like is important as a like a group of people who are fighting to protect each other yeah that's why this card just felt really deep to me like when i read it like it really you're looking at it and you're like oh this is an interesting thought on the destiny like verse you know the destiny destiny verse like but you're like no wow this really applies all right now that we've had our our you know soul searching (laughs) all taken care of let's jump into the last card yeah. titled you get used to him there's a strange fellow who well perhaps you've seen him he doesn't really come and go as you or i might traditionally think it's more that you turn around and he is either there or he is not his appearances are steady and predictable at least 
He's called Zur. I'm not sure why one draws the tiny arrow over his name, but it's important to try and respect the wishes of those we don't understand. The first time I ever saw Zur, I was by myself at my stall in the tower. The old tower, I suppose you'd call it now. I hadn't been there long at all. I looked up, and this man had appeared, seemingly out of nowhere. His back was to me, but even from behind, something seemed off about him. Something in his posture. As he started to turn, I noticed his whole face appeared to be covered in hair. It even seemed to be moving, gently flowing on its own, but there was no wind. When the light hit his face, I screamed and ducked down behind part of my cabinets. I was sure this abomination had come to invade us, that more of them were just out of sight, that we were done for. Eventually, I realized no one was screaming. I heard no sounds of distress. I peeked out and saw that everyone was going about their business. No one was panicking but me. Many people saw him. Several were interacting with him. Slowly, I stood back up and tried to go about my business, though I rarely looked away. Tess came over before too long, and I asked her about the strange figure. Oh, that's Zur, she said, unconcerned. He comes through every so often and sells particular, hard-to-find things. She considered him for a moment, then added, Could do with a bit of a wardrobe update, if you ask me. But he's otherwise harmless. What is he? I asked. I've never seen a creature like that before. Zur is... I believe he's called a Jovian. They're from out beyond even the reef. I'm, I'm afraid I don't know much else about them. But they're friendly? Well, they don't attack us, if that's what you mean. I don't know that I'd call Zer friendly, but he's not hostile. I felt more at ease after our conversation, though I still could not shake my fear. For many months, I jumped every time I saw him and had to fight back the instinct to hide. Eventually, I grew used to his presence. I even began to appreciate his predictability. It became a symbol that everything was functioning as it should. The fear evaporated with time. I have often found that my first reaction to new things is fear. Perhaps it is this way for everyone. However, I have also found that if I accept and acknowledge my fear, it is easier to push through until I am no longer afraid. The new thing has almost never been as frightening as I first feared. And you obtain that from strange cookies. Strange cookies sound like something I do not want to eat. <clears throat> well, to play on the currency we used to have to use with Zer were strange coins in D1. So. Yep. I've often wanted to get my hands on one of those. In IRL, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the coins that were part of the collector edition, but they're so they're possible to get now. Um, I also really appreciate her last paragraph here. Her first reaction to new things is fear. Um, 
And then the last sentence, the new thing has almost never been as frightening as I first feared. The good. Just another reason Eva is my soul sister because yeah, I don't I don't like change and don't like a non new thing. And the first thing I do is worry and stress and be afraid of it and have anxiety. And yeah, <laughs> it's almost always like unnecessary. Like But that's so. why Ava's yeah. so like perfect. They make her just they write her as just a normal person, you know? She's yeah. so she's relatable. A character. Well, like she's the one human character at the tower. Like she's the guardian. Yeah. All these people mm-hmm. who, you know, throw themselves at danger and, you know, our guardian is a, you know, a god slayer two or three times over. Yeah. Four times over. And she is just she the just, average She gives person. us, like, a relatable character, which is yeah. like. She's the every woman. The fitting final card, though, is that's literally what all of her interactions, all of her association with all these people. We've read some funny ones, some awkward ones, some, some deep ones. Um, it just helps us appreciate that she meets so many new people in the tower, and it's just kind of fitting that she helps, that she's come to appreciate through all of this crazy stuff that's happened in her life, through uh, the Red War, to just throwing the dawning for all these people that, you know, fear over the new things can be, you know, difficult. But I mean, if, if you if you give it a try, it's almost never as bad as you think. So, and she's made a whole lot of friends. So I just like it ended her just, you know, our, our, our topic of Eva Levante and the dawning just on a, a really good note that, you know, she's just a normal person like all of us. And we can learn from Eva. I just want to point out, even Zer gets a dawning treat, but not Vance. <clears throat> she had close association with Zer. He spawned right next to her in D1 every once in a while. Straight shot down to those doors that never opened up. It, there were two different locations there, but yeah, it it's just it's it's ironic to me. And by the yeah, and by the yeah, you're right. He was also right by the edge, so he was there quite often. Yeah true that is true i just love that uh, as part of like the quest we had to like wait until like friday to actually give azur his gift yeah it's funny it was the last one because he's predictable i like that too <laughs> it's true though it was kind of nice everyone knew where azur was going to be when he's going to be here well everyone knew when he was going to be there and we never really knew exactly you know, yeah, specifically true. where he would be but we knew where to look i've never heard his face referred to as hair in the wind yeah weird, creepy tentacle face <laughs> yeah i always call him tentacle face yeah that was before she got a good look of him i guess maybe she thought he just had a hairy face and then was like oh no <laughs> that's you are hair. creepy <laughs> <laughs> Well, that concludes all of the cards for Dawning Delight. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. This is Hyven. You want to take us out? You betcha. Not much on our outro today. Um, just a reiteration of feedback is welcome. Um, hit us up Twitter, email, reviews. Uh, like we said last week, we always try our best to respond. So please let us know. Um, Let's see, anybody got any particular shout outs this uh this evening? Um I'll just shout out all you know, back to our new listeners again. I think we've you know, 
mentioned that before, but I, I you know, I've seen some of the tweets of people saying that they have started listening to the episodes and they've really liked it. So that's been pretty cool because um, I really didn't think we'd get much response until people like really got in. So hearing that they've liked us right off the bat, right in the beginning, has been really exciting. So, um, you know, if our if our sounds changed in a way that you you don't like or if we've improved. Please, please let us know. You know, we're you know, we're having fun here, but we also want to make it something that like everyone likes. So give a shout out for anyone who's um, kind enough to come our way and uh, give us a reply or a, a comment or a, a rating. All those things not just help promote us, but help us as uh, podcasters because we're new to the art of podcasting. Also, only listened to before. Never this is the first <laughs> podcast made, I do believe, for all of us. Yep. Yeah. So. Thank so you if guys. it seems rough, that's why. <laughs> Complete newbies. Today oh. in particular is a is a sleepy day for me. So sorry for all the extra silliness, but uh, hope it at least brought a smile to your face. And you know, I I like to second that that shout out, Hyven, because like those first two episodes were really dry. <laughs> right. The people that like we get that are like, oh, I started listening and episode one was great. And like, I can't wait to listen more. Keep it up or whatever. I always screenshot those and I send them to both Hyven and Elmis. And I'm like, cool, guys, people <laughs> like you. <laughs> and I usually sit there looking at my phone going, they liked our worst episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, because we've done a lot of the books. I do believe that next week is going to be one of the first times we're not actually covering a book. We're just grabbing some lore snippets on a topic it's going to be a lot of discussion so next week will be a little different um you know if you want us to keep knocking out all the books um, you know reading all the cards you know that's kind of become our thing i think like actually reading the grimoire and i I do really enjoy that um but if you want to do like more discussion let us know if you uh, really just like having us read things to you let us know so yeah so like Ivan said you know next week is just going to be a weirder format than normal off the rails it is a little bit yeah i can tell you for sure Ivan and elements have been uh, both researching and discussing and trying to set it all up so uh even though it'll be a different format they are both working really hard to try and give you guys a good episode and hopefully i can contribute in some way shape or form even if it is just the very hysterical newbies uh perspective on things that's not always accurate. Yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoy next week and hopefully you enjoyed this week. I think that is a perfect way to end it. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. See ya.